This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. Focus on the offense with Al Borges getting into the X's and O's offensively against a Rutgers team that everyone expected for Michigan to blow out. They eventually did that, but it was a, it was a bit of a slugfest in the first half of that game. And what people didn't expect was for Rutgers to be well, was for Rutgers to be on top early. But great second half team, Michigan has proven itself to be all season. And one of the big talking points we're going to focus on today is how intent Michigan was on working on this passing game. How you know they had an express purpose seemingly early of targeting receivers, getting receivers more involved in this game. Uh, I thought they they targeted them. They were successful in, in their approach, maybe not successful in the execution of that approach, but crawl before you can walk, right? Joining me to reflect upon all of that, to dissect it, man who used to wear that hat, those those headsets, be that OC for, for Michigan and several other, other institutions for that matter. Al Borges, Al, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Sam. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Ready to ready to get into it. I feel like Michigan, the the dominoes around them. When you look at college football, when you look at the uh, the teams and league play as well, I just really think it's setting up. You know, I like this matchup against Illinois in a couple of weeks more and more. I like the matchup with Ohio State more and more. And yet, there's an aspect of Michigan offensively they need to continue to hone and that is the passing game which a lot of fans I'm sure are going to ask you about today but Al this was one where you could see it from the very first offensive snap Michigan was going to get these receivers involved and they're going to push the ball down the field they were trying to I'll tell you that I went because that had been kind of a bone of contention I went back carefully through the video a couple times and uh, trying to see what the quarterback's thinking was initially on the pass, okay? Uh, And as I saw it, uh, there were 16 times where a wide receiver was the first look. Now, he didn't always get the ball. So if you go to your targeting chart and say, oh, no, well, this has got nothing to do with that. This This has got everything to do with what was their intent. Now, unless you force the ball into that receiver, which is obviously ill advised you have to have within your passing game alternatives, which I thought they did a pretty good job of uh, for the most part. But there were 16 times they were trying initially to get the ball to wide receivers. There were eight times or nine times, I'm sorry. Initially, they were trying to get the ball to the tight end or some tight end, okay, whether it was Luke, whether it was Bradison or whoever. And there was twice they were trying to get the ball to running back. Now, one of those – uh, I believe they were trying to throw a Y option to the tight end, and they threw the ball to running back on a, on a whole shot. So I don't think the whole shot was a first look. I think the whole shot was an alert, but you know that that might be argued. I don't know, but there was a uh, conscious effort 
to throw the ball to the whiteouts. And I think that was something that was addressed. The numbers still were not where they wanted, nor were the passing numbers overall where they wanted. And I think that's something that has to be looked at. But for the most part, uh, they did try and get the wide receivers involved. I mean, how important is that, Al? I mean, you get you get opposite ends of the spectrum from members of the fan base, right? And I personally, I think it's somewhere in between. You have the the fan that says, "Hey, this was an eight no team heading into this game. This is an eight no team. I don't care how it looks. Doesn't matter if they're if they throw the ball once or they throw the ball thirty times." If you beat your opponent, that's all that matters. Be quiet. You know, all, all the rest is just noise. Selfish stuff. Stat stuff, I heard one fan say. The other end of the spectrum is, oh, my God, uh, this this team, their passing game sucks. They got to be able to throw the football. They're, they're inept. Uh, you know, it's, this is just – this offense is, is terrible. How, why haven't they – you know, why haven't they learned to, to put – why won't they throw the football down the football field? They must not be able to. I think it's way in between, very much in between those spectrums, Al. Is it important? It well, it's important to use your weapons. Include everyone, and is it important that, you know, that, that you rep those things in games uh, provided you're working as long as you're working on them in practice? Yeah, no, I, it's uh, it's important. If you, you feel you have weapons, you got to shoot the guns, but – if you're winning, doing what you're doing, that the, the one thing that's important is winning a game. And if it, it if, if if numbers to wide receivers are the sacrificial lamb in the process, so be it. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, you could put you could force the ball to receivers 35 times a game and lose. Then you're going to be screaming about other things, right? Mm-hmm. But mostly, you're going to be screaming about losing. So, yeah, I think if you've got weapons that you think are are good players, then I think you got to find a way to use them. I've always believed that, and I think any coordinator. Worth his salt believes that. Now, I heard an interesting – I was watching an NFL game the other day with the Titans and the Chiefs. The Titans, I believe, are 7-1, something like that. I can't – and I fell asleep. I don't even know who won the game. But uh, I was interested in the game because Malik Willis was playing quarterback for the Titans. We had him at Auburn. But during the game, they mentioned that the Titans had the least amount of targets by far in the league to wide receivers. They threw the ball least wide receivers in the entire NFL. Now, whether that'll win them the Super Bowl, I don't know. But they're like seven and one. I don't know. Again, I don't have that game. Might be seven and two now. But but that's interesting because Derrick Henry is their is their horse. He's going to get the football, and Hassan Haskins backs him up. I believe mm-hmm. it was a similar type of running back, and they are going to feature their running game. I don't think they lose a lot of sleep over not getting the ball to wide receivers. In Michigan's case, I think they have to be a little more. I think the wide receivers have to get the ball more. I do. Uh, But they're trying to. And at the risk of forcing the ball, uh, I think they have to continue to develop that. Because 151 yards passing is not good enough to beat good teams because some teams, uh, one team is going to eventually make the run game harder to, to a tough road to hold. So, all that said, yes, I think they need to get the ball to wide receivers, but as long as they're winning, doing what they're doing, only so much you can argue. Yeah, so first of all, the Chiefs won that game. I was watching that game. Um, the, oh, you stayed I, away? Yeah, the <laughs> Titans are 5-3. and three. Uh, They are tops in a very, very bad division. AFC South is terrible. Mm-hmm. And so it's good enough to be number one in that division, right? 
but is it good enough to win the Super Bowl? To your point, well, that's, 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 that's the question. See, yeah, that's, that's the question. That's what we're talking about. At least that's what I'm right. talking about with, with Michigan. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you talk about they need to throw the ball better, you're, you're, you're nitpicking success. Why yeah. are you nitpicking success? Because the measure at this point for this team is to go beyond what they were last year. This formula, frankly, and we'll talk about Ohio State here mm-hmm. shortly, this formula may be what they have now, what they're doing right now. Maybe good enough to go down in Columbus. Maybe the answer, right? And well, as is with the Titans, with the Titans, Sam, would they be? Would you say they're five and three? I thought they said they were seven one that, but I didn't. Again, I was half asleep and I watched it. But would they be five and three if they didn't use that formula? That's the sixty four thousand dollars question. Maybe they would. Maybe, but maybe they wouldn't if they wanted to feature the receivers more. I don't know. I'm not sure about that because I don't really know their personnel. Other than I know they got a horse at running back. I know Malik Willis because he played with us, but. That's what you got to decide. What is the potent or the potion that's going to get you the most production? Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's hard to argue what Michigan's done. Well, and it's hard to argue, though, that a lot of the things that we're talking about, that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, hard to argue that they weren't thinking the same thing. I mean, you, you just mentioned how much they were targeting receivers in this game. And while, while it wasn't, they weren't as efficient as they would like to be, right? Mm-hmm. I just happen to believe that they got to rep that. They got to they gotta rep what they want to be in games. No they, doubt. They, they have to do something. Get it done yeah. in practice, right? Mm-hmm. But we saw some more deep shots, them not connect on them, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, some drops or, you know, mm-hmm. timing, just not being in sync with the whatever it may be, it just wasn't quite there. And mm-hmm. I can only – think i can only the only conclusion i can draw is that they need to do it more in games to be better at it in games mm-hmm. and that's why i thought the game against Rutgers was was progress wasn't perfection i wrote this progress not perfection i thought they made mm-hmm. progress in the game at least as far as a balanced approach is concerned yeah um four different times they tried to take the ball downtown they tried to and we're going to telestrate this one later on. It was a miss, but uh, I think the Michigan fan base needs to see this play. The trap pass that uh, Andrell Anthony just missed went off his hands. I mean, he dove, made a great effort for a double go route to number four. Uh, is that Walker? Uh, uh, Maria, yep. Yeah, well, uh, that ball could have been caught. Uh, uh, the smash with Y option where they actually did hit uh, a little hole shot to Donovan, and then uh, I believe there was a bingo cross uh, where he threw a fade touchdown to Donovan, okay? Those were down-the-field type throws. Uh, Some hit, some didn't, but they were trying to. They threw threw three play-action passes in the game. Uh, One of them was the first play of the game, the naked slide play where he hit Ronnie on the corner. Uh, So there's some shots in there. I mean, there's some attempts. Uh, It's not like they're not trying. And I think as they continue to do it, they'll get better because they have a quarterback that can make those throws. He's still learning how to make those throws. You know, he's still learning how to put more air in the ball, how to do certain things, which I think because he's so coachable, he will do. So they just got to keep stay the course, you know, continue to run the ball well. But I think you'll see a game here, Sam, very soon where the receivers will have a big game. I know we're going to get into this with with grades, but I feel like. I feel like JJ's game was better than the stats suggested is 
Is that out of line? I mean, again, like I said, we'll get to the grades later, but do you think that general assessment is out of line? I think he played pretty good. I don't think he played great. He had some missed throws, you know, some bad throws. Not some weren't even missed. Some were just bad throws. He threw a spot route right at the receiver's feet. You know, he didn't throw an advanceable pass on the one end drill. Didn't catch, although he threw a catchable pass. Uh, but he he did a nice job. He played pretty solid. But to say that it was his best game, it was a ways from that. But what J.J.'s doing, he's playing within the offense, doing what they're asking him to do. In this game, there was less improv. I think he scrambled a couple times and took a sack. One time he scrambled for a first down. Whereas the last game, I think he had two or three of those. So he was less of a factor that way. But he's still playing the position in a very solid fashion. Now, here's the question you got to ask yourself, Sam. Is J.J. McCarthy a system quarterback or is J.J. McCarthy a uh, – a great quarterback or a real good quarterback, a guy that could go beyond the system. And I tend to think the latter. I think J.J. has more to him than just being a system quarterback. So now the, as coaching staff, you know, the game plan means you got to decide how much you want to feature him in that capacity. There were three times in third down and three or four, the ball was run with split zones or whatever. One of them got, was converted to or not. I tend to think, uh, and again, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that sometimes because they have successfully done that, but, uh, two of those, he could throw the ball, and one of those, he'd take off and run for the first down if it wasn't open. That's the way I think, based on what he's shown, he can do. So now you've got to decide as a play caller, are you going to give him those opportunities or not? Because if you're not, he's really more of a system quarterback. And maybe they don't want to put him in those positions just yet. Maybe they're not ready to let it rip with a whole package with him. But that's kind of the way he's playing right now. Yeah, man, I – you know, I, I recall so that I think it was the third for the the TD run by Blake that was called back. Mm-hmm. I think that was uh, that was a third and four. And then they ran it on like third and three or four the next two times. Yes. One time it was a one yard run. The next time it was minus one yard. They had, a, I believe, one more time. And they got it. Like a, it was like a third and three. Or four. It was in two minutes, though. It was you remember the pass that Ronnie yes. goes up to yes. catch. Yeah. And he, he can't get a foot in bounds. But that I didn't even count that. That was two minutes. I remember tweeting at halftime, they mm. got to be more creative, third down play call. And then in the second half, that was one of the plays that they hit. I think it was well, the Donovan play. Sam, it's not necessarily creative. It's putting the ball in the quarterback's hands. They don't have to have any fancy schemes or anything. Throwing the ball on third and three to four is not. Most people do throw the ball on three <laughs> to four, even good running teams throw the ball on third and three to four. So it's just a matter of running. They got all the stuff. They got the shallows. They got the option routes. They got everything they need. Plus, they got a guy that can improv a first down if it's not there. So, uh, you know, it's a weapon that you can shoot if you choose to shoot it. If you still think that he's not ready for that and that you'd rather have Blake Corum do it, well, that's that's a decision you make in your game planning meetings. And if it works out, everybody thinks you're great if it doesn't, Everybody's screaming to get FJJ do it. So uh, that's where I, what I saw during the game. So uh, more diverse third down play calling. That's a better yeah, word. Yeah, that's a better word. Better word than, and than creative than if you want to. Creative if you want to, but more diverse, I think. would. Uh, yeah, and, and I thought we saw better diversity in that, in that situational deal. I think it was a third and six, the TD to, uh, to, to Donovan that he threw. And so – I think it's an interesting contrast, the approach from the Rutgers game 
versus the approach in the Michigan State game because it's my contention, and you tell me if you can go with this, Al, even though Rutgers was was more stout, all right, because we and we saw this last year between their movement up front, their physicality up front, they were this year and last year saying you aren't just gonna line up and just ram it down our throats. Now Michigan was more successful at at pushing them around as they got deeper in the game this year than last year. Last year I think they only rushed for 112 yards on on Rutgers for the game. So. Michigan clearly much better this year, but it took them four downs, two yeah. series, two touchdown series in a row, right? To, yeah, sometimes to it takes into. four downs. Yeah, see, people, now I've, I've heard these crap. Well, how come it's taking them so long to score? Hey, screw that. Sometimes it takes four downs, okay? Sometimes, <laughs> but, but my point is – That's why they give you four damn downs, Sam, right? You can get you right, four of them. Right, you make a decision is, whether you want to kick it or run it. Yeah, but, yeah they, aren't, they weren't pushovers is my point. No, they but were not, had, and that's why Michigan, they needed four. <laughs> yeah, had Michigan came with the same sort of mindset or thought process that they did in Michigan State, I think that still could have won. They could have not focused on targeting the receivers, not mm-hmm. focused on taking some deep shots, and eventually Rutgers would have toppled over. So yeah. they didn't have to push it I down the field. They didn't have to focus on receivers. No. They chose to because, Al, look at Michigan State, and I need your analysis on this. Because a lot of people were saying, uh, my man Zeke, I don't know if Zeke is in here. Zeke was saying, you know, Sam, you're talking about them throwing the football, needing to throw the football more. They couldn't throw the football against Michigan State because they were a too high the majority of the games. So I said, Al, can you chart that, please? And what did you find when you charted that? <laughs> okay, let me explain this because this has been completely convoluted, okay? Split safeties and too high are two different things, okay? Split safeties is a general term to tell you the safeties are separated. There's nobody in the middle, okay? Uh, the most two common, the most two, com- the two common most coverages, split safeties, is quarters coverage and two, cover two. Also, in that family is what I call cover six, which we're going to talk about in the telestration. Vance which is talked a about quarter- it last week, by the way. Vance I'm sorry? I, I was telling the people, Vance talked about it last week. You can go back and watch last week's defensive film study if you want a detailed dissertation on quarter, quarter, half. or Quarter, quarter, quarter half. Or what I call six because it's two on one side and four on the other. Uh, those are all forms of split safety defenses. A too high or a cover two type situation is committing the safeties to deep coverage and not relying on them for fast run support, obviously, right? They're playing them. Wide on a hash mark, sometimes it's as deep as 15, 18, 20 yards deep. And you're relying on the front and the corners to force the run for the most part. Now, there's several variations in that that will, you know, trap corners that can add into the box and blitzing corners that can add into the box, squats where the safeties can go. There's all, but the base cover two, you must two gap up front or somebody's got to play two gaps because one gap's not taken care of because there's one less defender in the box, okay? Cover four is first a run defense, although it is a split safety defense. How quickly you want to play run defense depends on how quickly you want to trigger the safeties, how well you want to play, how fast. And the faster you trigger the safeties on run plays, the more onus you put on the corners to cover, okay? So to say just because the safeties are split or the box is light that that's going to be easy to run, Quarters co- coaches will tell you that 
That's not true. They will have those safeties fly down and back up those linebackers in an expedient fashion at the risk of singling up the the, the, uh, the corners. Now, other people that play cover four are slower to trigger. They will make the play within maybe five, six yards of the line of scrimmage. Now, that's a, the box being soft is a little bit more of a factor, okay? The elements of cover four are simple, really, at the end of the day. The inside safeties are keen, the inside receivers, and taking their 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 keys. And if the, those receivers do not threaten them deep, they will either double-team a wide receiver, or if they show block, they'll come flying up on a run. So you can get, in a split safety look, in essence, a nine-man box if they choose to play cover four that aggressively. I know I work with a guy at Cal, Lyle Setsich, and that's how they play cover four. They counted on those corners to single up those wide receivers, assuming there would never be help from the safeties, and if they got it, they got it, right? That was Michigan State for years, right? That same type of deal. They were run defense heavy because their safeties triggered run. Uh, again, this is where, again, it goes back to our argument or our discussion earlier is how important it is at one point to get those wide receivers involved because if you're getting that fast of support from the inside safeties, your receivers have to be able to win single cover ma- coverage matchups with the, uh, with the corners. So that's, uh, in that in this game, and I chart every week uh, how many times they spin a safety down or load the box as opposed to how many times they split their safeties, okay? Not to be deceived, because if you don't see this on tele, you don't see this a lot of time on television copies, but you will see it on a uh, all 22, which I watch every week. They will start in a split safety look. You'll swear to God there. And on the snap of the ball, one safety will spin down inside the umpire on this uh, right away. And will, seldom will they load the box and put the guy down there before the snap of the ball because it, it gives up too many coverage tips. Okay. People will know how to exploit what they're doing if they're that obvious. So, so often it may look like split safeties. It may look like a light box, but on the snap of the ball, it's not a light back box, and the front is actually playing one gap. Whereas if that safety stayed back, the front would have to – one guy in the front at least would have to play two gaps. So that's the difference. It's, 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 it's a little bit of a misnomer if you don't understand the thinking of the defense. Yeah, so look, in a nutshell, let's, 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 let's give it to the lay people, Al, and – you got that big brain, that big football brain over there. Let's let's bring it down to the people. Even if they're in too high, there are holes in too high. The seams, the hole between uh, between the ro- between the uh, the roll corner and the safety. You got holes there. It's not like just because it's too high, you can't throw. Right? Eighteen to twenty-two yards between the corner and the safety, and the linebackers in the safety. Those are vulnerable holes. Okay. Other vulnerable because remember there's five players playing underneath and two players playing deep, but on the weak side of the formation, if you clear out the outside receiver, there's actually an, another hole between the rolled up corner and the weak inside linebacker, where he is vulnerable to option routes and things like that. But the major holes are the outside middle hole, 18 to 20 yards deep, particularly off play action passes where you can pull the front up jerk the core of the defense and throw the ball behind safeties who are ascending hard. That's where you're vulnerable. So to think you can't throw on a two deep is, is, is not true. Now, as you get into pure passing down, Sam, 
As you get into pure passing downs, it becomes more difficult because they won't buy play action passes and they add the Tampa element to it where they'll have one guy run through the middle and protect that middle level and widen those safeties and all those things I talk about aren't quite as vulnerable. Yeah, that was that was Derek Brooks for years in, in Tampa, which is why they called it Tampa too. He was able to carry that that middle breaking wide to be a tight end. It could be a slot. He could carry him down the middle of the field. He could run with those guys, which is what made them so freaking stellar, right? But quarters. So too high safety. I can get how against cover two, I'm gonna run the football. You don't want to add a safety in the box, I'm gonna run it. Okay, I get that. Right? But when we talk about quarters, so split safety. With, with fast triggering that, you know, they aren't this, they aren't high, they're low, and they're fast triggering. Well, guess what we have on the outside? What do we have on the outside, Al? Single coverage. Single yeah. coverage on yeah. the outside. We got some opportunities for some shots right. here, especially if you think, man, we, we're better than those corners over there. So mm-hmm. you can make that decision. Right. You can make that decision as a play caller. That and remember, Sam, that one other happen. thing, too. One other thing, too, is if you ever want to cancel the safeties without run keys, you can run your inside receivers vertical and take those safeties out and run your outside receivers on uh, short and intermediate cuts, and they will all be pretty much singled up. Yeah, so the, the point in talking about all of that is to highlight there were opportunities against Their approach was just different against Michigan State. They weren't as intentional. They weren't as intent on we got to feed the receivers. We got to work this in this game as they were in the Rutgers game, which is why I said this is great. This is progress. It may not have been executed. You know, you may not have the numbers against Rutgers, but the fact that they went in this game and said we're going to work on this. We're going to take some shots. We're going to involve our receivers more. That, to me, is a great sign for – down the line because you rep it more i think it'll i think it'll get better i think i expect to see more of it this week against nebraska and then against illinois and then when you get ready for ohio state you know where where may, maybe depending on conditions i mean ohio state's a track meet team if the conditions are like last year they're in real trouble if they're pristine conditions we were in traverse city last week al if it's 60 degrees down in columbus uh in a couple weeks well hey that's that's ohio state weather man and it might be a different ball game for them offensively. So I say that to say to be prepared to have to put it up, whether it's against Ohio State with great conditions or in the playoffs where you know you're going to be playing in much better conditions. You're you're priming the pump, so to speak, to be ready for that. Yeah, I promise you Michigan's practicing the hell out of their passing game. I promise you. There's no doubt in my mind. They just don't want to turn into a passing team. They're not. They're, that's just not their culture. But they do need to be more efficient, and, I, they, and there's no one more aware of it than they are. And I think as uh, you see the, the year progress, as these teams make it a little, a little harder to run, you're going to see J.J. McCarthy featured more and more because he is certainly capable. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Al, let's get into your bitter and sweet from that game. Uh, well, starting point on my bitter was need to improve the passing game. <laughs> Speak <laughs> of the devil, right? 151 yards isn't going to cut it against a team that's going to be tough run run defense, okay? It'll cut it against a team you can rush the ball for uh, what they run for, Sam. Um, oh, you, you, had, you asked me to pull up the stats, Al. I didn't have my box score ready. I got you. It doesn't matter. I thought I had all this stuff organized, but I guess I, I don't. You. But I in other you. words, if they don't rush the ball for 200 and something odd yards, they're going to have to pass the ball for more than 151. 13 for 27 is not good numbers, although there were, there were a few dropped in defense of, of J.J., so we got to keep that in mind. I think it was a bit of a slot fest in the first half with the punt getting blocked. and they You know, they beat the odds, so yards. I think I – mean, uh, 282 yards, out. 282 Yeah, yards. I mean – yeah, I mean – they beat the, the the odds though, because I think eighty percent of the time when you get a punt block, you lose a game. So I don't know, I don't know if that's still true, but it was a few years back. Uh, the O line uh, had some new guys in there who look like uh, uh, are going to be good players. Uh, Percy is an athletic kid. I think he's is, that's his name. I'm saying that right. Uh, he looked an athletic kid, but he had some growing pains. I think he busted in a protection one time. He wasn't quite as as, as squared up on the wedge plays down inside the the uh, five yard line. But he's going to be a good player. I like I like him. He's going to be okay. But I had him with thirty four minuses, which is is probably too many. But missed opportunities early. They had a, a long run call back for a ridiculous penalty. It should not have happened. Someone and I don't know who. I don't know what they who they wanted on the ball in that formation. But uh, Coram's long run was called back. They missed the deep ball to Andrell, which we'll detail in the illust- in the telestrations. Uh, again, I think Walker could have caught that deep ball. So there were a few chances there that could have made a difference and not made the first half so dicey. Uh, reverses were ill-timed. They ran into a couple bad looks on reverses. They ran two reverses. One time they were blowing the nickel off the edge. And the other one, they were bringing people inside and returning the front outside on the reverse. And so both of them just weren't timed very well. Uh, J.J. was not the factor running the football that he's been. Uh, and that's something I think you got to think about, too. Um, but the counter did make a comeback. I'll talk about that in the suites. I think it was a great second half where they were extremely opportunistic. Every time they had a chance to, to, to uh, with a turnover, they took advantage of it. Uh, they, as I said earlier, they made a legitimate effort to get the ball to the wide receivers, and the wide receivers, you know, uh, caught some balls, uh, uh, not as many as they wanted, but they were making it legitimate. Now, you got two running backs that rush for 109 yards. That's pretty good. Okay, that's pretty good. Two guys go for 109 yards. 
and Edwards continues to make a difference in the passing game with some All right. good play. Yeah. 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 You've been, you have been talking about that for weeks. And, and, and now you're really seeing it. it. He's healthy and you're seeing it. Red zone production was better, right? Red zone production, much better. Hey, they targeted, they, oh, they targeted receivers. In the yeah, they targeted receivers. Sometimes it took them four downs, Sam. Sometimes it's going to take four downs, okay? Sometimes it is. Uh, and they were three for three on fourth down. That's huge. That is huge. Uh, keep those drives going, have enough guts to go for it, and then reap the benefits of your fortitude, you know? So those were the things I saw that jumped out at me. Uh, they ran 10 dual plays, six split zones, three inserts. The counter made a comeback. Four counters off, uh, three of them are off arc action by the tight end were all very nicely run. And they ran five wedge plays, all of them in short yardage or goal line. So, uh, and they actually threw a screen. They threw a screen. It wasn't the best executed screen, but it did work. It was effective. So um, that demon is semi-exercised, I guess. But uh, that's the way I saw it in terms of good and bad. I'm sure there were other things, but those are the ones that stood out to me. All right. So, Coach, time for the grades. Give us the grades. Uh, I gave the old line a B minus, again, with 34 minuses. But it wasn't a bad performance. I just think there were a few growing pains with some of the new guys. Uh, when the two running backs both get 100 yards, I don't know. I don't know how you can give anything but an A. They didn't fumble. They caught the ball when I was throwing to them. They did a nice job. I gave the quarterback – I was debating between a B minus, C plus, and I probably leaned towards a B minus because, again, he had missed uncharacteristic missed throws. And by that, I don't mean necessarily all were missed. They weren't thrown in a way the guy could run with the ball. But And he didn't really produce, uh, do a lot with the run game. But, I, again, it was a solid performance, but it wasn't a J.J.-esque performance, you know, that, that what I think we've come to expect. The wide receivers were a C-plus. I didn't really think they were great. We had some drop balls, uh, some opportunities missed. So uh, that's about how it rounded out. The, defense, the offense played a, a solid B for the most part, you know. But could have been better, but yeah. certainly could have been worse, too. Yeah, I, I thought J.J. took a lot of shots in this game. He did. More than he's taken. More yeah. than, but that's quarterback now. That's quarterback. I don't I don't say, well, he didn't play good, so I'll cut him slack because he got hit. No. That is an occupational hazard that goes with the job, okay? <laughs> that, that goes with the job. So, in this game, he got hit a little more. That's the way it goes. That doesn't mean the productivity have, should go down. You ever have a quarterback say, yeah, easy for you to say, coach? <laughs> that, yeah, oh, yeah, I had one guy say that. I, Tony Graziani told me that in the meeting. I, he, 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 he backed off a throw, and I graded him a minus because he didn't try. He goes, coach, I was going to get killed. I go, that's an occupational hazard, Tony. You want to play the position, or you want the guy sitting next to you to play the position? Got it, coach. No more that. <laughs> Sounds like something Devin Gardner would say to you. No, no. He, he, he said it now. He didn't say it then, but he said <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it looked like a couple of shots, the uh, cumulative effect. No question. A residual yeah, no effect question. of those shots, as you would call it. He kind of fell off a couple of throws there Yeah. Uh, toward the end of the half, it, it, it seemed like. But that's that's good, as Devin contended in his uh, breakdown yesterday. That's, that's good for him. And it I thought, again, I, I think – I think there isn't an appreciation for his performance because the numbers aren't sexy, but his numbers were brought down by drops. Yeah. They were brought down by drops. In that yeah. And, and yards too, Sam, not just, not, not just his completion percentage, but yards too, I think hurt him too. Cause that number could have been over 200 yards easily. So, but just, just the one thing about quarterback that nobody talks about enough, you know what I mean? Nobody is, is the toughness factor. The, the the physical and emotional toughness 
of having to deal. And Devin will tell you this because he 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 went through a lot of this and he can relate as well as anyway. Is standing in there and throwing that ball with confidence that transferring your weight, driving each throw, sometimes uh, with confidence when there's no real reason to have confidence. <laughs> you know, you've been hit, you know, six or seven times and you say, oh, God, but the tough guy says, oh, they're going to kill me before they get me out of there. I'm, I am going to be stronger than the situation. This was, and there'll be worse games than this eventually. And it may not be this year, maybe down the line. There'll be other games where you're getting knocked all over the place and you're going to have to get up, stand up there, and transfer through another throw in traffic. So uh, that's just the position. Any quarterback that's played it any significant amount of time will tell you that. Yeah, and that dude kept getting up. Kept getting up, kept coming back for another play. He did. So he did. I think he always will. Yeah, and, that was, and that's a physical football team. And look, Rutgers record mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, they're brought down mostly by their offense. To me, they, they play some decent defense. Uh, yeah, see, a year ago they were running that doggone uh, that uh, that uh, what was it? Uh, powers up, power read. Yeah, remember that they run that power yeah, with, read with and, and yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah. they run it with with Vedral, but they got Gavin Wims at in their quarterback. Now that's the dude that Michigan recruited. Michigan offered him, mm-hmm. uh, and so you you have you talk about being intentional about what you want to work on, right? Greg Schiano. Yeah. Maybe you have a better chance to win in the moment with with Vedra. I don't want to spend too much time on Scarlet Knights, but what's better for you for the long run is playing this this young fella who has way more talent, more dual threat talent, and so you take your lumps now uh, and and see where it gets you down the line because Rutgers isn't going anywhere this year. Uh, yeah. But let's 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 did you get through all the grades there, Al? I did. All yeah, right, did. Let's, let's get to the questions. If you have questions for Al Borges. Get him in now. We got a good little chunk of time that we can spend. And I'll go back to the uh, to the beginning and start grabbing some of those right now. It says, Al, this is from Jason Witt. Al, what did you do in practices to help receivers cure dropsies from the last game they played? Oh, there's a million drills. I mean, you could, you know, uh, uh, whether it's having to turn his back and then throwing the ball and turning quickly so he's got to track it quickly. You know, uh, drop the ball in drills where you're running, uh, you know, slow fades. There's so many things. It's scary. Something else uh, we did, uh, I think it was at Oregon. I don't think we did this at Michigan, but Chris Peterson, who was the former coach of Washington, was my receiver coach at Oregon. He used to sh- take sh- uh, close-up shots of the receiver's eyes. I mean, really close-up shots where he could see if the noose was tight and the eyes were tracking the ball. You know, there are all kinds of little things that you can work on. But the biggest thing is just keep wrapping and don't let a few drops freak you out because that really hasn't been an issue this year. I mean, there's been – I could count on one, maybe two hands at the most, the amount of balls that have been dropped. So we don't want to spaz out because there are a couple balls dropped. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's keep it going, by the way. Just want to get – he wanted to give you a shout-out there, Al. Called you the <laughs> Got these people calling you the key. Sam, how do you know if every answer is correct if you don't have a key? How do you know that? Can you explain that to me? You can't, uh, can David you? said, hey, guys, I love the show. Do you think Michigan has the offensive capability to overwhelm Ohio State as they did last year offensively? You go first, Al. You tell me what you think. You bet I do. Yeah, I think they're better. I think they're better. And if it is bad weather, I think they have a considerable advantage. But uh, athletically up front, I think they're better. Uh, they have a quarterback more capable of running and throwing, uh, both. 
uh, and their wideouts are, you know, pretty much the same guys. So I, I absolutely think that they can. Now they're going to have to execute and they're going to have to defend, obviously. But uh, yes, I do. And evidence would prove I'm right. Yeah. So let me be very clear. And I'm repeating myself. Michigan is a more physical football team than Ohio State. But just their style of play. There's no Period. doubt. Yes, Look, yeah. and, and is Ohio State more physical than they were last year? I don't know. I, they better hope so because they got they got bum rush last year. But watching them, I was, took note of this in the Penn State game. I was like, man, these guys can't move Penn State off the ball. And this is a week after Michigan just cut through them. I just, just rolled over them like a tank. And Ohio State could barely get movement at the line of scrimmage, right? I mean, they had one 40-yard run, and then they had 50 yards after that, you know, other than that one run. They didn't crack 100 yards on the team that Michigan ran for 3,000 on. So it's Ohio a- State, Sam, chooses their poison to be getting the ball to their whiteouts. Yes, That's yes, what they well, want to do. That's yeah. first. That's first, right? That's for where Michigan's first is get the ball to the running backs. Well, so, so Ohio State is naturally going to be, even if they didn't have fabulous receivers, is naturally going to be, they're not going to be as physical by nature. That doesn't mean you're going to win or lose a game. All that means is the nature of Michigan's offense is to be more physical than Ohio State's offense. See, it, but, uh, but there there are degrees to physical. So you don't have to be as physical as Michigan to be physical, right? So no, I, no. I, I think that's a, that's a high bar. You know, that's a very, 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 you know, I don't have to be as tall as Kareem to be tall. No. Listen to me talk about being tall. I'm not tall. I know that. But my point is, you don't have to be a seven-footer to be considered tall. You don't have to be Michigan, which is like a seven-footer in the run game, to be physical. But they aren't even, to me, they aren't even Muggsy Bogues. (laughs) <laughs> like you're, you're, you're supposed to, Al, come on, stay with me, Al. Stay, stay with me, Al. Stay with me. Okay, you're playing Sam. Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern is the worst team in the league, and you have got to run the football. Now, to me, in that game, that is a referendum on physicality. Yeah, and if you yeah. cannot run the football or Northwestern for the majority of the game, that automatically qualifies you as not physical. And so (laughs) – That was an expose on their physicality. We tend to agree (laughs) with that. Well, what they did, it was was, uh, compounded by the fact that uh, Northwestern slowed the game down, wouldn't snap the ball until two seconds left, played Wildcat half the time. You know, they wouldn't let – Ohio State get into a shooting match. They just weren't going to allow them to do that. And Ohio State could not answer with a run game that was efficient enough to score the kind of points they're used to scoring and was because the weather was struggling to throw the ball. So that's my point is the question earlier was, do we have a physical enough offense to handle Ohio State? Well, hell yes. But if you put them in bad conditions – Hell yes. Okay. Right. So uh, as what and, and evidence is from last year, and I believe we're better up front. Yeah, and uh, that's that, I guess that's kind of my my contention too. Because when when I say all of that, don't take that to mean that I don't think Ohio State is elite. Ohio State is absolutely elite. One of the best teams in this country has the talent to win it all. You know, I, I said I think I said the other day, Ohio State is built for playoff track meets, right? Give give me fifty degrees, 
you and know, the dome. Track, and the dome. Track, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Track meet conditions that could be in Columbus or in the South, but yeah. they are primed for that kind of race. But you mm-hmm. got to get to that race to run in it, right? Yeah. And unfortunately for them, the prelims are in the Midwest, yeah. and it very well could be similar conditions to last year. And Michigan is a team that is primed for those Midwest slugfests, November slugfests, right? Well, their they style of fun, them out. yeah. They yeah, can block punches. Right. And so, I mean, it, it styles make fights, as they say, and this one will be interesting. The, the key question for both teams is where they're deficient, who can make up the most ground? Michigan needs to grow their passing game. Can they grow their passing game enough, you know, heading into the playoffs to win a championship? Can Ohio State grow their physicality enough? To win a championship. I like my chances growing a passing game more than I do growing physicality. <laughs> I just that's, well, that's instilled early now. That's you don't all of a sudden become physical. That's got to be your mentality from the day you put your pads on. That's uh, that's not something that just drops out of the sky. Well, oh, this game, we're going to be physical. No, that, that doesn't work that way. The You look back at the old Ohio State Michigan games that I grew up watching you had two teams that ran exactly the same offense at each other and probably combined didn't throw 15 passes in the whole game they were going to be physical there was no if ands or buts about it those games there's going to be some bloody noses when that game was over with the residual of that was then they had to go to good weather in the Rose Bowl and play a team that played in that all the time that could throw the ball better and sometimes they didn't fare as well so it was it was you know, you rob Peter to pay Paul sometimes, you know, but they they got to there. They got to that game. And the reason they got to that game is because of how they played the whole year. All right. Here's another one, Al. The numbers from Jim Harbaugh's 2010 Stanford squad with Andrew Luck and this year's Michigan team are eerily similar. Is that a coincidence? I don't think it is at all. I think that's the way Harbaugh wants to play. And I think that's the way he's wanted to play since he's been at Michigan, but he has the tools to do what he wants to do now. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. That's, that's how they want to be identified. And one thing you can't say about Michigan is they had their offense has no identity that anybody said that doesn't know about football because they have an identity. They're coming downhill with dual plays, gap plays, those types of things. And they are going to uh, throw the ball 27 times to 30 times a game. That's their style. I, I think that's that's nice to know when you go into a game that uh, what your goals are and what you are. Here's another one from Venice 902 by 91 says, ask Al how important it is for JJ to get the ball out early on deep shots. Is that a, a good criticism there? How do you get the ball out early on a deep shot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Those two don't, don't match. Okay. You got to, first of all, uh, a deep shot's got to be 45-plus yards down the field. That's a deep ball, either a post or whatever. The timing for a 45-yard pass is a five-step drop with a hitch step from the shotgun, from the under center, and a three-step drop with a hitch step from the shotgun. And, and now, if that's getting the ball out quick, I guess that's getting, that's about as quick as you can get it out because they got to get down the field. And in order to let them get down the field, you have to match your drop with the distance of the pattern. So I don't know that that's so critical. I think the locations of the throw is much more critical, is knowing, seeing where the receiver is and how it distributes with the field and laying the ball with a lot of air on it on top of his head in an area that he can adjust to it if it's not thrown perfectly. That's how you complete deep balls or get pass interference calls. All right. Eve St. Fard, I think this is the – or Ivans, excuse me. 
Uh, I think he's the one who called you the key. So he tried to get some, tried to butter you up, Al. He said, can we talk about the four verts in the red zone where J.J. forced it to Scooney and missed the wide open coast in Loveland? Is he talking about the drop? Yeah, and I think the guy knocked it out, didn't he? I guess so. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to see that. Was that was a great throw, man. That was a phenomenal pass and a phenomenal defense. I, I didn't, when I, when I graded him, I said, you couldn't put the ball anywhere else. The guy played it well, you know. That happens sometimes, but uh, uh, he he likes Schumacher down the middle, and he he knew he, if he put it anywhere close, his range and size was going to take care of it. So he liked the throw initially. Now, if uh, Loveland was open, he was open as the second look. Well, he liked the first look. Now you can second guess him and say, "Wow, why did he throw it to Loveland?" Well, he likes Schooney, and he put it right in his hands. Okay, it's just a, a, it was a good play by the defense. So yeah, that was a great uh, throw. Crazy. You know, think about it, Sam, something I might point out, and this would be good for the fans. If you go back, and, and again, you're not the benefit of all 22s, I know, but you can see on replays sometimes, there's somebody open on every play, generally. Generally, all five receivers are not covered. Somebody is left uncovered. The problem with is a quarterback has two eyes, and they got to always look in the same direction, right? So when he's looking to a read over here and there's a guy wide open over there, he's unlikely unless he moves into an improv mode to get to that guy. So uh, my point is, is is you have a primary focus, you have a secondary focus, or a primary focus, a peripheral focus, and a check down. And sometimes you don't get to those unless protection allows you to do so. All right. I don't know if that made any sense. but yeah. Jason Campbell, not your Jason Campbell. Uh, Al, question. Any concern about the physicality of the Rutgers defensive line? It seemed like we really struggled in the run game, especially early on. Well, early on, yeah, there were some deals, but it didn't show up. I got the number now, Sam. We rushed for 282 yards. We didn't. Michigan didn't struggle. You know, I <laughs> I think you take that every game. It just wasn't as – it didn't happen right away. And I could just sense it because I was sitting in Jim Brady's with some of my friends watching the game, and everybody was getting antsy. They're going, oh, God, what's that? Rutgers is ahead? I go, it's a 60-minute game. Reality will eventually hit. And as long as Michigan doesn't turn the ball over in the second half, reality will hit, and it did. So sometimes it takes a while. The defense is fresh and fired up. They got a few different deals. They showed a little that cool little blitz with the free safety that I'm going to talk about in the telestrations, you know, I gave a few adjustments. Good coaches and determined players will make the outcome the way it should be. Isaiah Fleming asks, Coach, what do you think of their heavy use of 12 and 13 personnel, uh, limiting their passing game and the production of the wide receiver room? More tight ends on the field, fewer receivers. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, I mean, anytime there's not a wide receiver in the field, there's less likely a wide receiver can catch a pass. The the good thing about that, though, is 12 and 13 personnel create incredible problems for their run support and balances their defense up for the run game. And Michigan uses it, and they'll shift those guys, which add a whole different layer of confusion to the defense. I think they use them, you know, uh, really, really judiciously. But – the downside is that the receivers aren't on the field as much. So they're not going to, uh, again, it's what you, what do you want? I mean, what do you want? You want to be able to run that football and play action pass occasionally, run your naked bootlegs, 12 or 13 personnel is awesome. But it isn't as good to run four verticals. It isn't as good to run curl flats. It isn't as good as on some of this. So the trade-off is obvious to me. But I still think all that said, they're, they're, they've reaped 
uh, pretty good dividends from their 12 and 13 or multiple tight end groups. I'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting into more questions for Al as I scroll through them. Uh, moving on. A lot of Buckeye. Yeah, I think people are in line with what we're saying about the Buckeyes. Uh, let me see. Get down to more questions. A lot of comments about the Buckeyes. People really got off on that part of the conversation. Oh, I want to. They want to jump ahead three games. I'm just not quite ready to do that yet. But they do bring out. You know, when you start talking about the evil empire, they do bring out some fire. You know. All right. There were some fifty. Does Harbaugh just not believe in throwing 50, 50 balls until the until his QB is not to do it? Seems like every team, but U of M, uh, does it. But U of M doesn't. I think is what he meant. Yeah. Uh, this is from Zion Shaw. They threw up. I mean, the, the one for Marion Walker was a 50-50 ball. They did, yeah. They did. But they did, but he, he's right. What he's, they're, just, they're not big into 50-50 balls. And, again, do you want to throw up another 50-50 ball or do you want to run another dual play to to Blake Corum? And, and they've chosen that, that that's just not something. It's like screens. It's just, you know, you can only be good at so many things. You can't be good at everything. And they're willing to sacrifice a great screening game or, or throwing more 50-50 balls or whatever to get good at other stuff. That's frustrating for the fan to watch because they'll watch another team and they'll say, look, they throw it up there. Well, that's maybe their culture. Maybe they throw 10 of those a game. I don't know. They're probably pretty good at it. Would you rather us run Blake Corum five less times and throw five more 50-50 balls? Well, Michigan chooses to run Blake Corum five more times. It's picking your poison and – Quite frankly, what they've done is work, so hard to be too critical. Hey, uh, you know, D- Devin was wearing his black Bolsheviks hat again. This- <laughs> <laughs> I call him Nanook the Eskimo. Yeah, he, he's, yeah but, oh, God, he's a request. When did, he, Sam, when did he turn soft and mentally weak? When did that happen? Hey, man, I, I, I won't call DG soft. He's, he's just he, – he's stylish. To, stylish to sometimes to, stylish? To like you you don't need that, that's a bit of a stretch yeah you, you don't need sunglasses at the planetarium right you don't need you don't need a fur coat in the sauna i, I mean this is this is dg these days right so you know he's inside sam i i just gave you some analogies i'm, I'm with you al yeah, he you. was a tough guy. When I coached, he's a tough guy. That's what I liked about him. He had some toughness to competitors. And now he's gone into the booth and he's turned into, I don't know, soft and mentally weak. All right. Grind, Grindhard says, Al, how do you feel about some of the short yardage calls? I eight plays from one yard out. This is the taking four downs, punching in the end zone. Did they score? They scored. I love them. I love them. <laughs> Now let's let's talk about that. I'm kidding, and I'm not because I discussed this off air to you. Is uh, what they did a great job of, and I'm talking about Rutgers is taking away the Michigan wedge play. The Michigan wedge play has been money in short yardage situations. I mean, if they need a yard, yard and a half, maybe even two, they run an, an, a wedge play where everybody comes off, drops their pads, and just rides people out of there. They get the first down. But what? Rutgers did is they went into a goal line 6-2 pinch, which means they got everybody up, 6-2 meaning eight guys, okay? And they're pinching everybody inside, trying to lift those 
offensive lineman and giving them a tough road to hold. So I just thought down there they did a hell of a job, but at the end of the day they couldn't hold up on four downs. They could hold up on the first down maybe, second down maybe, but when you had four cracks, they couldn't do it. So uh, mission accomplished. All right. It says, uh, what did we do? This is from Tyler W. What did we do in terms of new play calling, or did we just call more passes? We kind of went over this a little bit, but. I did, yeah. Uh, they threw a screen, and, and a, a successful screen. I might, That would be new play calling. They ran a different reverse. It didn't work, but it was different. Uh, they ran the U-turn reverse, which we, you know, the one where the tight end comes back. Uh, that one, uh, that one didn't work. Neither reverse worked, actually. And then they ran a little extra verse where they flipped in the ball, which was new. That was somewhat creative. They went they went to their counter arc play, which was a little variation of the counter. That was a little bit new. Um, uh, just looking at some of the pass plays. Pass plays, passing game was pretty much standard. Um, but uh, that was about, I think, all I saw that was uh, was completely different. But you know, they had a few deals, but I don't think they felt like they needed to reinvent the wheel from a play-calling perspective to win this game. And when you're playing a team that you you can and should beat, empty in the drawer, I don't know if that's always a good idea. Do what you do best, make them defend it, and then if you got to go to an alternative plan if, because you're not winning, then do it. But when it was all said and done, the score was, what, 52 to 17? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think they pulled out new plays as much as they. What, what was their emphasis? They, their emphasis yeah. kind of yeah. shifted a little bit uh, in this game, and more focused on getting the receivers involved without without sacrificing, without compromising who you are. And that, I mean, that's the that's the key. Can you can you do more? Can you diversify and not lose your identity? You know, I, I think that's what they're en route to. That's what yes. they're on the path of. Well, I hope I, so. I hope that's so. This this leads to the next question, Al. So you see the all twenty two. And this, I'm see. I couldn't put this question up for Devin because he he get fired up and he be cussing Todd out right now because his his contention is that wide receivers get open. But you see the all twenty two. It says um, uh, Todd asks. It appears our receivers are covered by most teams. Why Edwards and why do Edwards and the tight end seem to dominate the offensive scheme? His contention is that why that's why the receivers are covered. Did you see that when you look at the all twenty two? No, <laughs> no. I, they're occasionally covered. I mean, occasionally they've got pretty good coverage on them, and I could point out every one of them. But uh, if you called, uh, I don't know how many. You know, again, they average about twenty seven, twenty eight passes a game. I'm not sure how many they threw in this one. I think it was what uh, twenty five. I don't know. But of those. I could go over it, but I would venture that they were covered maybe four or five times. Because that's usually, you know, when you're playing pass defense, you're not always counting on covering guys all the time. Sometimes you're counting on forcing checkdowns, making throws tight. You know what I mean? But actually, with the guys on the guy, in coverage, breaking a pass up, that happens very seldom. And the guys that can do that, you usually throw the ball away from anyway. Mm-hmm. So I can't say, I can't say that they, they're covered. They're not covered very often, but you got to protect. You got to get it to them. You got to catch the ball. There's there's a lot of components that go into the passing game that go beyond the defense's ability to cover the receivers. Yeah. All right. Uh, keep it on, Al. Do you think Michigan should lean into its identity as a power run team going forward, or should we use our success to keep building towards the SEC standard? 
No, I don't know what the SEC standard is, but uh, I kind of do. But um, I wouldn't change too much of what you do. I would try and improve a passing game, period. Now, improving a passing game means going back to completing, uh, you know, between 65 and 70% of your passes and taking some shots to get some big chunks of yardage. But in terms of uh, making any wholesale changes, that would be absurd when you've won yeah. as many games the way you're winning them. And this is another important point between the hits JJ took and, you know, I mean, this is was a factor in the game. You had your your young left tackle getting his first start, a young left guard who has played some in this game. But, I mean, the left side of your line was basically – Which is your most crucial side, right? Right. Which is, is particularly the passing game, yeah. Guys, that's a factor in this game. Yeah, it was a factor. But well, the good news is I like those guys. Right. I think both of them look like they're going to be pretty good players. But offensive lines about chemistry, Sam. If you haven't worked with the dude next year, then you got two guys in there that haven't played who may work together – with the second team, but the second team is usually uh, blocking the scout team, okay? So when you we see in the game, those two guys are in there facing guys that are breathing fire, there are growing pains that are going to go with that, assignment-wise and technique-wise, and both showed up a couple times in this game. But but I do, I like the movement of the left tackle. I like the toughness of the left guard. Those kids are going to be good players. Jim went on and on about J.J.'s moxie. Right, and so that gets into this question. Light line says uh, the most impressive part of JJ's performance was how even keeled he appeared at all points, even when he got blasted. Al, he got right back up. Yeah, he doesn't look like he spazzes out, does he? He just doesn't. He uh, seemed in control of his emotions the whole game. Seemed Sam seemed fairly unaffected by the hits. Really, I mean, I didn't see him backing down on throws. I didn't see him jumping out of the way. I mean, and believe me, I'm the kind of guy that notices that, okay? But he, he you know, he showed some some mental and emotional toughness, and uh, that's the type of thing you need to be a great quarterback because there are going to be games, like I say, where you're going to get dirty. He, he, and he's been fortunate because they run the ball so well, he doesn't see a lot of those games. But as you get into the higher, you know, the 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 Georges and the, you know, the the four teams you play, the four teams that play in the playoffs, one of those teams is going to hit our quarterback. He's going to hit him, and they're going to hit him more than once. So it's as Devin says, it's great preparation for that. Yeah, here's a, a factor we haven't talked about in a while. I mean, you're nine games into the season now. Steve MacArthur said it was J.J. not being able to participate in spring drills and early season blowouts, but J.J. only playing 30 minutes having an impact on his passing uh, game this year. What do you think of that, Al? I think I think anytime you haven't played, that's one less rep you take. I don't think, uh, but I think at this point he's kind of got his sea legs underneath him. He's played enough, thrown enough, done enough to where he can be productive. Now understand this: every snap, and in particular pass play, is an adventure for the quarterback because you may have seen cover two before, but maybe these guys play it a little different and. There's a different reaction. The same thing with cover four, cover one. There's always something to be learned. And experience, is. there's no substitute for it. So is he learning more and more as he plays? Absolutely. But I think he has a grasp of what they want to do. And he's still not throwing the ball to the other team. Okay? So uh, did that make a difference? I would love to see him get those reps. But how much difference it makes at this point with as many starts as he's had, I don't know. All right. 
This is a plug. <laughs> I could not agree with that guy more. Who is that guy? Nicholas Miller. <laughs> Nicholas, you are a freaking genius. <laughs> Talk to Sam because I don't know, man. I just I don't think I'm. I, I, I think I'm getting short into the stick on this deal. But he, you know how he is. He just, I don't know. That day, hey, man. Hey, you know, I figure. I figure. Hey, Sam, ask him if he wants to be my agent. Hey, man. I, I feel. See, I feel like I helped. I helped get you across the. Because look at all the time I spend with you. I spent all this time with you, so you don't get on Susan's nerves. So I helped you get married. How about that? That that counts, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Holy Toledo. That's that's your justification for spending time with me. The pain I'm that I do. I'm, I'm taking a, I take a lot of abuse. I yeah, and you deserve a lot of abuse. Yeah, this there's a hate. reason Don't you, you take know a this lot coverage, of abuse. numbnuts? How many yeah. times do we go over this play, numbnuts? I mean, I, I thought my name was numbnuts. Now, Sam, you know, you're okay. I don't mind it, for, but sometimes you just drive me nuts. You go back to this Flint stuff, you know, you, 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 and I, I, I just, I don't know. I can't deal with it after a while. I'm all right for a while, but then, holy Toledo, man. No one should have to endure it. But then, and for Christ, I, I certainly don't get enough money. So, uh, Nicholas, you're a stud. Hey, keep that, keep pounding that drum. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. All right. So, Al, any parts of because we got to get over to the film study. Uh, trust me, folks, we got some some great stuff to break down. This was, you know, how about this as we close out, Al? If you, if I say to me, uh, if I say to you, the most impressive thing about Michigan in their run game is outside of how physical they are, right? But the, their disguise, the way they take three or four run concepts or, or run plays and run them from like multiple different looks. So mm-hmm. no teams always don't know what's coming. Right. I mean, what did you say? The counter arc that they broke mm-hmm. out in this game. It's a counter, but it looked like it looked real a different. different. It? Yeah. A little different. Yeah. You're right, Sam. And this is what, and the question earlier about 12 and 13 personnel applies to that. That's directly applicable because they use those personnels to change up and window dress their looks. The two things I think that in the run game that Michigan does the best, one of them is what you said, the ability to window dress looks and really still run the same plays. And number two, their ability to get play started. They do not have a lot of tackles for loss. And when you don't, and you're not able to stop Blake Corum before he gets going, if you've shown this several times now, because we've shown it, he'll kill you. He'll kill you. He'll turn an average block play into a touchdown. And this is one of Matt Weiss's biggest contributions to me. Because think think about the Ravens. And, and you know, you, we've seen Lamar Jackson evolve, right? And, and Lamar Jackson is, is increasingly over the years has become more potent as a passer. But they've been able to – they were able to run effectively even when he wasn't as good a passing threat, right? And teams against most teams in the NFL, you got to the end, and you know the best teams they were able to to, to stop that. But the rest of the, the NFL, 90 percent of the NFL, they could still run the football on. And that was what you would hear from opposing coaches: is that man, we know they're going to run the football, we can't stop them, right? And rarely is it the case that in the NFL, where it, all these teams have great athletes, rarely is it the case that they just they're just athletically 
you know, all the teams, they're just better than all the teams in the league athletically. That's not the case. No. They're disguised, Al. And this is one of the reasons why before Matt Weiss was hired, I imagine why Jim had the offense clinicking mm-hmm. with the Ravens, clinically, clinicking with Matt Weiss on the run game, mm-hmm. had to do with that. Teams knew they were going to run the football, and they couldn't stop them. Part of that is Lamar Jackson's a freak, right? right. The other part of that was, was disguise. Right. And we have seen Michigan's disguise in their run game be absolutely elite, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. In the NFL, there are no real inefficient passers. Let's make that clear, okay? If you're lined up under center in the NFL, you can throw the ball. Some are better than others. No one would argue that. Uh, so uh, the defense has to always be aware of that. They, it, where in college ball, you may face a kid. Like this kid at Rutgers, he was struggling, okay? The, and some of the other guys that they face, they're struggling. So they can really load up. You know what I mean? They can really love. Well, now that JJ's the quarterback and he has the running dimension and the passing dimension, it creates almost an NFL-esque type deal that they have to deal with. Not to mention they're willing to throw the ball to their inside receivers and in particular tight end, which is very NFL-esque. Okay. That is their approach and it's unique to college football. And that I think with all this window dressing, you're talking about the ability to disguise runs, doing what they do, use of different personnel, gives them a decided advantage because most of these teams they're playing against in this do not do, they don't do what Michigan does. Yeah, Great stuff. Folks, if you like this broadcast, you like this video, be sure to like this video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get a notification every time we put up another video. Same thing on the podcast. If you're listening to this on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes, be sure to you know like the episode. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. And, of course, if you really want to support us, if you really want to know or or find everything we do from the videos to the podcast and all of the written content, a plethora of written content, VIP intel, and access to all the other team sites as well, subscribe to us over on 24-7 Sports, themichiganinsider.com. One dollar gets you in your first month. Once you get hooked, which you will, you will also, and become a full-paying member, you will also have access to Paramount+. Plus with that subscription cannot beat it it's great bang for your buck be sure to make it make it over to the michiganinsider.com some interesting and exciting recruiting stuff coming up over there as well al borges aren't you an author now oh yeah absolutely yeah, but i don't have any books because i sold them all oh yeah hell. deny the tiger they can, they can still tiger. order them right can you they can order, still them? order them. amazon barnes and noble it's it's really popular. Leave a review if you if you read it because reviews drive sales. I just learned this kind of a neophyte that told me get reviews, get reviews. So I'm asking if you do read the book, give me a review. You can just and be honest. I can live with anything you write. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm an author, Sam. Author baby, I got lots of dimensions to me. All right, folks. It's called Deny of the Tiger. Be sure to check it out. Until next time. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. We'll see you next week. Go blue. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.